Listener Production. Quantum physics is known for, well, being largely unknown. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing. A famous physicist, Richard Feynman, once said, I think I can safely say that nobody understands quantum mechanics. But hey, that doesn't mean that we can't try. Today, I team up with Cosmos Magazine journalist Ebram Yazgan to give you the lowdown on quantum physics. So we've wanted to do an episode about quantum physics for a while, Mm -hmm. but always seem to get stuck on how to actually explain it. But today, Ebram, we're going to give it a crack. Lovely. So, yes, can you explain to us in, I guess, like the most simple way possible, what is quantum physics? Yeah, so obviously not the easiest task, but basically quantum physics looks at the behavior of things like particles, atoms, electrons, molecules, the stuff that makes up everything in the universe. You, me, your phone, the earth, stars, a basic common denominator between all of these things is that they're really, really tiny. And things can get pretty weird when you look at them so closely because of their size. This microscopic view can show us the rules of the universe, but in a way that's extremely unpredictable. Okay, so I'm going to stop you there, Evram. Mm -hmm. In quantum terms, what do you mean by unpredictable? Yeah, so in quantum mechanics, things aren't as straightforward as they are in our daily experience. If we see a car driving, for example, we can tell where it is and how fast it's going. Yeah. You couldn't do that for an electron whizzing around an atom, for example. Mm -hmm. You could only give a probability for where the electron might be and how fast it might be going. This probability is between different physical states that the subatomic particle might be in. If everything in our daily experience worked like that, then you could, for example, walk through walls sometimes and randomly pop up in a completely different place. I do like that as my favorite memory from doing quantum at uni, being like, if I pushed on this wall for an infinite amount of time, there is like a measurable probability that I would walk straight through the wall. Yeah, 100%. Which is wild. Okay, (laughs) so why do we need to understand how these tiny atoms and molecules are working? Long story short, it helps us understand and explore the fundamental nature of reality, obviously. Mm -hmm. And understanding this has actually led to groundbreaking technologies like lasers, computer chips, and GPS. That's because all of these innovations in one way or another rely on the quantization of matter and energy. But before I continue along that train of thought, I wanted to maybe define some key terms in quantum theory, kind of like tools to understand this behavior. So the first one is entanglement. Mm -hmm. This basically means that two particles or more can be connected and instantaneously impact on each other, no matter how far apart they are. Yeah. Which again is wild, right? (laughs) So like a change in one entangled particle immediately causes a change in the physical state of the other. Yes. And in theory, this applies even if they're on like the other side of the universe. Which is, yeah, as you said, absolutely insane. It is. It is. <laughs> the other term I wanted to go through is superposition. Yeah. Which is the probability distribution kind of thing I was talking about before. It basically means that subatomic particles don't have a single physical state but exist in a superposition of multiple states that all have their own probabilities. 
For example, the location of a particle can be a superposition of many different locations. Until you actually sit down and take a measurement, we don't actually know which location the particle is in. So effectively, it's in many places at once. And both of these things will come up later. Okay, perfect. So now that we've gone through these explanations of what it is, we're going to go through some potential applications of quantum theory and some of the cool things that have been happening in the field. So Evram, where do we want to start first? Yeah, so the first one is pretty incredible, I think. For the first time, physicists have achieved quantum mechanical entanglement of two stable light sources using super high-powered lasers. This means that photons from the lasers, light particles, from two different sources have been entangled with each other in a lab. Mm -hmm. Old mate Einstein called (laughs) entanglement spooky action at a distance. He sure did. (laughs) Which is a fun name. And it is seemingly a magical phenomenon, but maybe not so magical anymore, seeing as we can create it in the labs. Yeah, it's just science now. It's not magic anymore. I know, right? I mean, Science is magic for those who haven't yet to understand it. Mm. Entanglement has been witnessed before, but it's the first time we've been able to produce it from two different light sources, Mm -hmm. which means these physicists have achieved a huge feat, which has been like 20 years in the making. Understanding the nature of light not only captures the imagination, but it also underpins much of modern technology, like I said before, including mobile phones, global communications networks, computers, GPS, and modern medical imaging. And that's because all of these technologies function based on different wavelengths of light. And new quantum ways of manipulating the light could have awesome implications for developing the technology. One of the physicists working on this, Professor Peter Lodal from the Niels Bohr Institute at the University of Copenhagen, Denmark, said, and I quote, We've revealed the key to scaling up the technology, which is crucial for the most groundbreaking of quantum hardware applications, end quote. Evram, this is very, very cool. So can you tell us a little bit about these quantum hardware applications? Like, Mm -hmm. if you're like me, you hear (laughs) quantum computers coming up a lot these days. Yeah, they do come up a lot. And that's because they're said to revolutionize computing. And as we know, computing sort of dominates almost every area of Everything. life these days. Yeah. I mean, it's yet to result in a quantum laptop, but there is a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. So a bit of background, regular computers run off a binary code, which is zeros and ones, which are basically true-false bits. But quantum computers use what's called a qubit, short for quantum bits. And these qubits are really powerful because they can be zero, one, or zero and one at the same time. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned at the top, this is called a superposition, meaning that something essentially can exist at two places or have two different physical properties at the same time. Yeah. There is a problem with this, though. Physicists still struggle to control individual qubits without interfering with others. Sure. And this often leads to a lot of background noise, which makes the quantum computers have a lot of errors. Okay, so what would happen if we had quantum computers that ran perfectly? Like, how far could this technology go? Yeah, so it's basically about speed and processing power. Quantum computers, in theory, will be able to run processes thousands or millions of times faster than modern classical computers. Okay. And they could solve problems thousands or millions of times more complicated. Today, like early quantum computers are already showing promise in analyzing the hugely complex physics behind molecules, for example. 
But in the future, and with advances in, say, artificial intelligence technologies, you could see how this is going to make a huge impact in our daily lives with chatbots and things like this becoming extremely powerful, processing vast amounts of data even quicker, and being useful in our everyday lives. So, Evram, now that we've learned some quantum theory, what's going on with it in the real world? Will we ever see a quantum future? Yeah, well, there has been some pretty exciting news recently. The Australian Minister for Industry and Science has announced the country's first national quantum strategy. The strategy includes a pretty lofty goal to build the world's first error-corrected computer. Yeah. As I say, it's hugely ambitious. But the fact is that thousands of scientists around the world are working day and night to bring quantum mechanics out of the textbooks and into some awesome tech that could revolutionize the way we live. So we'll just have to wait and see. Evram Yazgan is a science journalist for Cosmos Magazine. You can read more of Evram's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Bonnie Lavelle. Mixing by Dave Stein. And I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time. <laughs>